What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is just myself in a solo pod today. I talk about the Field of Dreams game that was last night in Iowa. I get some updates on the Phillies, look through their schedule and the schedule of the other opponents around them in the wildcard race, broke it down, gave my thoughts, some optimism, some pessimism, but this one was a lot of fun to record. Always love talking about the Phillies. I do have a couple show notes at the start of the show. We're taking a week off. But as always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, ThunderBlog Sports on Instagram. But enjoy the week. Enjoy the Phillies Mets series this weekend. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man, a solo pod this week, talking baseball. We're going to talk some Phillies. We're going to talk the wildcard scenarios and everything there. They just snapped a seven-game winning streak, but they lost yesterday with the Marlins. We'll talk about that. But first, I want to go over some housekeeping notes. I am going on vacation next week, going up to White Lake. I know I've done some shows from Michigan before. We're going to take the week off. I know I've taken weeks off here and there throughout the season, but decided to not record a podcast, spend some time with the family, all that good stuff. So we will be back in a week and a half to break down more baseball, start football podcasts because the NFL preseason is underway, even though I don't care about the NFL preseason. I don't think a lot of people do, but football's coming around the corner. We got a lot to talk about, a crazy summer with all the conference realignment stuff. I didn't really cover that as it was happening. So depending on Matty D's schedule and if I can get some other guys on to help me out with that, we're going to talk about that. We're going to preview the season for both college and the pros. It's going to be a lot of fun. We start, though, with the Field of Dreams game last night. Kind of a little inside the podcast. I was going to record this last night after the Phillies lost, but wanted to watch the Field of Dreams game Want to talk about that on the podcast. Didn't want to stay up late, even though I have the day off today. Field of Dreams game, though. Second year that it's been in Dyersville, Iowa, right next to the site of the Field of Dreams field and house from the movie. If you've never seen the movie, first and foremost, go watch it. It's a great movie. It's a great book, too. Shoeless Joe. A lot of differences between the two. Movie gets a little more streamlined than the book does, but the book is great. But anyway... Last year, it was the White Sox and the Yankees, which for those that don't know the plot of the movie or don't remember, obviously, it's the 1919 White Sox that originally come out of the field and Shoeless Joe Jackson. And then the Yankees, the other side of it, for those that don't realize, the spoiler alert, if you've never seen this over 30-year-old movie, when Ray Kinsella's dad comes, he's already come out of the cornfield, but it's revealed to be his dad. He has a Yankee uniform on, and it was a tie-in to that. And it was fitting last year. So this year they have the Cubs and the Cincinnati Reds. Cubs make sense. They have a triple-A team in Iowa. The Reds, one of the oldest teams in baseball history. If, if I believe they're actually the oldest. But made a ton of sense to have them both there. Both teams aren't very good, but it didn't really matter. The game got off to an electric start. 
The Cubs end up winning this game. Not really a ton to talk about there or break down. I wanted to talk about the other stuff that happened in this. I mentioned the father-son catch from the end of the movie. Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. reenacted it. Ken Griffey Jr. is one of my favorite baseball players ever. Got me a little teared up. They had Vin Scully, who recently passed away, RIP to Vin, but they had him reading out the final lines from the movie that James Earl Jones recites, and that was a tearjerker as well, because we just lost one of the greatest, if not the greatest play-by-play announcer in the history of sports, not just in the history of baseball, definitely the greatest in the history of baseball. There's a lot of arguments, I would think, on the other side, but I'd firmly put Vin at the top. Towards the middle of the game, they end up having the actor who portrays Ray Kinsella, Kevin Costner, do a little tribute for the recently passed Ray Liotta, talking about the scene at the beginning when Ray Liotta's character, Shoeless Joe Jackson, come, first comes out of the cornfield, and how that was an actual stunt that they both performed. And it's actually Kevin Costner throwing. It's actually Ray Liotta hitting the, uh, can you hit the curveball? Shoeless Joe hits it right back at Ray. It's funny because the the character's Ray and the, the actor playing Shoeless Joe is Ray. But Ray, Ray Liotta hits it right back at Kevin Costner. He jumps out of the way and he goes, yeah, he can hit the curveball. And it was I haven't watched Field of Dreams in a couple years. I want to go back and watch it now after this game. Um, it's be you know hard on my sleeve here it's it's a tough movie for me to watch with my dad having passed away almost four years ago and all that uh also part of the emotions behind all of it to be entirely honest but um i want to go watch the movie again and it was touching there ray liotta died you know earlier this year and i think that would have you know it was a fitting tribute that way it was fitting that kevin costner did that for him and uh yeah it it's kind of crazy to think about all of it, right? Of a great movie, one of the best sports movies out there, and one of the stars died. And, and you know, I watched Goodfellas in Ray Liotta's honor right after my birthday a couple weeks ago, and it was the day before Paul Servino, who's also in Goodfellas, and a bunch of other stuff, too. It was the day before he died, which is, that's just fucking creepy, to be entirely honest. But overall, something I think Major League Baseball did and decided to do and and has been a success i think obviously you know you can say it's a ratings ploy or whatever it is but they do these games they do the little league classic they did the one at the ford i forget whichever ford it was i was trying to think of it but don't need to to spend time looking up that they did that for the troops they've done all these sort of games and i'd love to see them continuing to do that you know they're coming out soon i I believe it actually comes out tomorrow a league of their own show based on the movie and somebody threw out let's see them go to the home of the rockford peaches you know because it's the movie is based on an actual league for those that don't know that that would be cool i mean a lot of you know there's so many different baseball movies out there that have a lot of connections a lot of them feature major league baseball teams major league pops out that were filmed at actual baseball stadiums but it would be cool to see more of these kinds of games, you know, whether that's you know play a major league game at the Durham Bulls Park just because of the movie, and you know that's another Kevin Costner movie, but tie it in that way, you know, it it would be fun, and it's you know 
purely a nostalgia trip. It's purely everything that's great about baseball and the old adage of how can you not be romantic about baseball rings true throughout all of this. So it's another, it's a great success. Another great success that major league baseball has come up with in the last couple of years. They had guys mic'd up. Joey Votto gave some really interesting insight when he was mic'd up. Ian Happ was pretty good in center field. All of this is, it's just fun. And we talked about it with Matt Marcus when we were talking about the all-star game and players mic'd up and stuff like that. And baseball is just, they're trying to do better. I think there's a long way to go in terms of really marketing their players and marketing everything in, in that regard to match what the NBA has been able to do over the last 20 something years, you know, really in the LeBron era to propel themselves into the second most popular league behind the NFL and the NHL certainly needs to do that kind of stuff too. Even though they have the winter classic, they have games like that, you know, but baseball having that and having the ways to tackle the dog days of summer no, it's smart. It's a smart idea to try to do that kind of stuff because, as I mentioned off the top, we have all the news coming out of NFL training camps and the preseason and quarterback controversies and all that different stuff. But who really gives a shit? I cannot honestly tell you the last time that I sat down to watch a preseason NFL game on television. I've been to some, and it's really just an excuse to go down to the link with my buddies, have a couple beers, and you know, have a good time that way. Go to an NFL game for relatively cheap or if somebody's giving away tickets because they don't care about the preseason and they just want to give their tickets away. You know, they're usually on a, a Thursday or a Friday or Saturday, not on Sundays, like the usual NFL season. So baseball, kind of in, in closing on that, has a real opportunity to continue to try to have these fun games. They have the Little League Classic coming up, which they've done for a number of years now. But having more of these types of games and, and kind of showing that side of the players and being able to and seeing them, you know, you saw all of them come out of the cornfield. You saw all of this different stuff of more of their personality, I think is what we're really getting after here. But good job, baseball. But let's jump over to the Phillies. We're going to talk about them. Again, this isn't meant to be a long podcast, kind of a similar idea that I talked about of going through a series and talking about that kind of stuff and and breaking it down, which I epically failed doing. Surprise, surprise, on trying to do that kind of stuff in the summer. But the Phils have really propelled themselves here and are in a position now where not only they're in a playoff spot, but currently hold the second wild card by a half a game over the Padres. We talked about it last week, the Padres making all sorts of huge deals to acquire a number of players. They came out of the gate slow, the Padres did but have since erupted for 20 runs in their last two games, which is scary to think about. This team has excellent pitching. Their pitching has still been great. Their offense, even with Soto, even with Bell, even with Drury, was slow to get out of the gate and is now doing what we thought they could do. And Fernando Tatis is now starting his rehab assignment, so he's not far behind. And so if you're a Phillies fan, let's, let's zero in on the Phils. You know the Padres are going to be really good. You know they're going to take a serious upward turn. And it's funny, right? Because baseball is 162 games in the regular season. And you know you hear this right now of like the Yankees are slowing down. But the Yankees are still way ahead of the American League East. They're going to make the playoffs. Yahoo doesn't have the playoff percentages that ESPN and Major League Baseball try to have. But they're going to make the playoffs. They're... 
10 games ahead of the, the Blue Jays for first place in the American League East, there would need to be some sort of epic collapse for them to miss the playoffs altogether. They're 12 and a half games ahead of Tampa Bay for the final wild card spot, and thus are... No, I think it's it's 12 games exactly. But they are... I'm trying to do the quick math here. They're 12 and a half games ahead of Baltimore for missing a playoff spot. With only... The Yankees have played 112 games. So with 50 games left in the season, they would need to continue this. So if you're going to tell me the Yankees are out of this, this is the quick American League side of things, I guess, then you really... You're going to have to... This is going to need to go on for a month. and The Yankees are going to have to have an epic August terrible streak for this to be any sort of exciting. They can have a swoon in the summer. Everybody takes a little time off. I'm taking time off next week. Not necessarily that they're taking time off, but the Yankees, they're fine. But anyway, let's look back at the Phils. And yeah, so we'll stay on the Padres' side of what we're worried about with the Phillies here. So the Padres, you're thinking they're going to take off. They have this stretch over their next week and a half. We're going to talk about the Phillies next week and a half in a second where they go back to Washington. So Soto and Bell get to go back to Washington. They probably get to tip their caps tonight. It'll be you know fun moment to see, fun social media moment. Again, baseball, promote this. They play the Nationals seven times. They play the Marlins three times in Miami. They're probably going to win most of those games. They could win all of those games. They're going to go on a streak. So if you're a Phillies fan, you see that they're playing the Mets this weekend. They're playing... Scherzer tonight, Ranger Suarez versus Max Scherzer on Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus has not been nice to the Phillies. They've gotten blown out on many an Apple TV Plus game. I know, I believe last Friday's game against the Nationals was also an Apple TV Plus game. So, you know, they finally got one over the board. But if you're the Phillies, you're facing the Mets this weekend you got Scherzer tonight, DeGrom tomorrow. you got Chris Bassett on Sunday. Then you go to Cincinnati for three games. The Reds mentioned it with the Field of Dreams game. They are terrible. But then you get the Mets for four more. Four games in three days. You have a doubleheader on Saturday. It is going to be crucial. They've not played the Mets well, the Phillies have. It is going to be crucial that you walk away from that stretch you're going to be scathed. So I'm not even going to say relatively unscathed. Even though relatively unscathed is probably in 10 games, is probably 5-5. Five and five. But you need to chip away a couple games off of the Mets. You need you probably need to sweep the Reds. And you need, you just, you need to finally play good baseball. And I don't want to make a whole thing out of the Keith Hernandez quote because, frankly, for those that don't know, Keith Hernandez basically said, I got the weekend off from SNY. I don't want to call the Phillies. They're bad defensively. I just don't like watching them. I don't have the actual quote because Keith Hernandez is a Mets legend. And he's a Mets color commentator. The Mets and Phillies are historic rivals. Of course, he's going to try to stir the pot. For those making such a big deal out of it, of course, he's going to try to do that. Then you had John Crux saying, oh, what do you want me to do? Go punch Keith Hernandez. And he's obviously being sarcastic and be like, yeah, Crux, go do it. But like, even Kruk knows, like, yeah, all right, man. Like, it's the other team's color commentator saying that. And granted, the Mets have a very good booth. But still, he's trying to stir the pot. He's trying to get a reaction. 
yesterday's Phillies game. I'm sure Keith Hernandez was smiling, seeing it, being like, ha, I was right. But going into this, going back to the series for a second, the Mets have played really good baseball and have been very consistent. So to walk away from this where you're facing Scherzer, who is all the way back, then you're facing DeGrom, and then Chris Bassett, Kyle Schwarber yesterday, we have not talked about the game. Kyle Schwarber left the game. He's day-to-day. He's probably missing tonight. I think he definitely is missing tonight, actually. Might miss Saturday. Bryce Harper still isn't back. You need to have a good showing. And if they can win two of three, they've done it in Atlanta earlier, or I guess technically, it was earlier this month. I guess technically it was July. It was, oh no, it was in July where they won two or three in Philadelphia, but then they split it to start to start the month of August before, as they went on the seven game winning streak. But you need to show that you're not just beating up bad teams and you need to put together a good series. JT Romuto basically got the day off yesterday. He came in as a pinch hitter at the end of the game. You need him to play well. You need Reese to show some some good talent in that regard. You need Castellanos to get back on that hot streak that he was on to start the winning streak and the, the homestand. He didn't really have a great series against the Marlins, but if he can get back to that stride. And then the guys at the bottom of the lineup, the guys they added via the trade deadline, if they can continue to play well, if they can play good defense like Edmundo Sosa has been doing, like Brandon Marsh can do and has done at times. Castellanos has even played decent defense in the outfield. He's gotten good jumps on balls. He's gotten good reads. But you need to take advantage and try to put up some runs because these games, while the division's really out of your reach here, they're 10 and a half games back of the Mets. You would need 07 on steroids to happen for the division to be in any sort of any sort of mindset for the Phillies. <laughs> you know, they're three and a half back of Atlanta. Ten and a half again behind the Mets. You need some serious collapse from both teams for this to be any sort of hope for the division, but for the wild card specifically. And now you're basically thinking that you're gonna be the th- you're gonna be the third wild card. I I don't think that's a hot take to say they're right now with the Padres, and you can have that why not us mentality of the Padres added all these guys and they're kind of slowing up, but they're going to play better. You need to take advantage and have a decent showing. You're you're in New York this weekend. I don't think anybody's expecting a series win, especially with the pitchers that the Mets have on the mound. But you need to have a decent showing here. Next week in Philadelphia, four-game set. You're going to have a wacky doubleheader. Great. We can see what happens there. But these three games are going to really show the mood of the team and what people are thinking in terms of fandom coming out of it. And then, so then they play the Reds. And I, I don't mean to harp on the Mets so what, so much, but the next time you talk to me, they're going to play the Mets seven times. It's either going to go really bad or maybe decent. And a win out of those seven games would be, honestly, with the pitchers that are going and probably the fact that you're going to face at least one, if not two of them, in that four-game series, the, going three and four you you almost want to tip your cap to that. But if they can go four and three, even fucking better. But let's not put the cart before the horse here. The Red Series, you got to sweep it. You have to sweep that series. 
Sweeping the Marlins would have been great. And yesterday's game, you kind of felt like after the electric comeback on Tuesday night, we were there. We were behind first base. We saw Kyle Schwarber pump us up. It was a great comeback there. But it kind of felt like there was a letdown game coming. And it did. Terrible defense that resulted in the first run. Kyle Gibson struggled at times and got himself out of a bases loaded jam in the first inning. And you knew he didn't totally have it. Their starter absolutely had it and was completely roasting the Phillies left and right. And, you know, you, you felt like that was coming. And maybe it's good that it was there and not this weekend where you could just get completely embarrassed in the various ways the Phillies have over the season against the Mets. Been no hit. Had the big had the big debacle. We talked about that with Matt Marcus a couple weeks ago. But you felt like that game was coming. So this red series, though, and this really harkens back to that fucking Diamondback series a year ago. And they go to they go to Arizona at the end of this month. So I could certainly be there where they had four games where they were right in the hunt and completely squandered it. And, you know, Phillies didn't make the playoffs again. But this series, you got to win all three of those games. If they win two of three, great. You want to win series. Again, it's 162 games for a reason. But we're starting to run out of real estate here. And if you can win the series, great. But you need to sweep. You need to come out of that looking like you have when you swept the Pirates, when you swept the Nationals, when you've played decent baseball and won two of three games against the Marlins. You know, again, they were... they were. It seemed like a come down was happening. Their offense was absolutely electric against the Washington Nationals over the weekend to continue that sweep in the four-game sweep of the Nationals, set a franchise record for home runs throughout it, and all that good stuff. But you need, need, need to have that performance against the Cincinnati Reds. Post-Met series... Because I don't know when we're going to have another podcast here. Post-Met series, they play the Reds again at home. Then they play the Pirates. They have a 11-game homestand. You need to come out of that. Again, that includes this Met series. You need to come out of that at the very least 6-5. and five. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm being pessimistic about the Met series. You need to come out of that. I want to say 7-4. and four. You need to... Knock off the Mets in one win. You cannot get swept at home by that team. If you can split it, if you can split that series with the Mets, coming out of that 8-3 and three would be fucking great. It would be really necessary, and it just helps the Phillies maintain pace. Now, I keep talking about the Padres and that they're you know being pessimistic enough, and I think over the course of the years, before I jump into the other two teams that they're competing with here, I think over the course of the years, the Phillies, I love them. My favorite of the four Philly sports teams. You know, but we've seen different ways, right? 2018, they had the great season, fell apart. Last year, didn't really go their way when push came to shove towards the end of the season. 2020, they were okay, but you know, not really there. Uh, and Bryce, you know, Bryce Harper had a really good year. Bryce Harper won MVP last year. And then 2019, they had all the expectations, but no pitching. David Robinson got hurt and then finally got off the injured list. Quote, unquote. I know he was with the Cubs. It's the joke I tried to make. That's not actually that funny. 
but I guess the pessimism, I've always been a, let's see what happens. I've told the story of the 08 World Series of, of thinking where the game cast paused and I thought Brad Lidge let up the home run. So I've always had that attitude of, oh shit, they fucked this up because the Phillies find different ways to fuck it up. So excuse my pessimism there. I'm incredibly excited about this team and what they can do, what Zach Wheeler's been doing, what Aaron Nola's been doing. Even Kyle Gibson, after yesterday, he had it against the Nationals, so it's not hard to think he can get it going again, especially because his next start will be against the Cincinnati Reds. So have another incredible eight innings performance against the Reds, and we'll be happy there. Same with Thor. You're playing against the Reds. You don't have to face the Mets. You don't have to see them. So... Have a fucking have a fucking series there. But we need to see the Phils continue to do this because we've had our hearts broken so many times, but now we're all the way fucking in. A year ago, a year ago this week, the Phillies had just swept the Mets in Philadelphia. We're in first place. It felt like the mood was coming back to the ballpark, and then all of a sudden that spiraled out of control. You cannot have that going right now. The Jimmy Rollins tweet from Tuesday night of only 23,000 people. There's a lot of... A lot of different reasons of why that might be with people going on vacation. The Phillies have let us down over the over the 11 years. All that different stuff. If they make the playoffs, we're not seeing those tweets. We're not seeing that kind of stuff. So, excuse my pessimism at times. My heart's been broken a ton. And it's not even just in the last 11 years. Before 07, the 05, they almost fucking made the push. And fucking Craig Biggio makes a web jam to give the Astros the wild card because back then there was only one that they went all the way to the World Series. So forgive my pessimism, but let's take a look at the other teams that the Phillies are vying with, and that is the National League Central race between the Cardinals and the Brewers. The Cardinals currently are a half a game ahead of the Brewers for the Central Division crown. The Cardinals are a full game behind the Phillies, the Brewers are a game and a half beyond the Phillies. And the reason why that's important to talk about both teams is that potentially one team's not getting in. And hopefully it's that, that the Phillies get whatever wild card. If they can keep pace with the, with the fucking Padres, great. I talked about their next 10 games, though. So they're going to go on a fucking tear. They could go 8-2. and two, They could go 9-1. They could win all 10 in a row. They probably should, given their talent versus those teams' talent. The Cardinals and Brewers, though, they're the teams that you really need to worry about and you need to be stadium watching. They play each other this weekend. In St. Louis, a very crucial series. The best idea for the Phillies, or the best outcome, rather, is it's a 2-1 series. And I want it doesn't really matter because they're a half game separated. So the Brewers win it. They're leading the division. If the Cardinals win it, they're still leading the division by now a game and a half. So it puts the Brewers a little further out of the Phillies. So I guess you want the Cardinals to hold court at home and have the Brewers drop a couple games there. Even if the Phillies go one and two, if the Brewers go one and two, the Phillies are still a game and a half ahead of them. They then play the Rockies again, the Cardinals do. They just were in Colorado, a wild series Nothing more or nothing less than you'd expect from a series in Colorado where the every game is over double digit runs, one game is over 20 runs. It's absolutely insane. Um, but then they play the Diamondbacks, then they play the Cubs for five games, 
And again, they're playing subpar talent, as are the Phillies at times, aside from those Mets series. So you gotta you gotta take advantage if you're the Phillies, because the Cardinals gotta take advantage too. They're on the road, they're in Arizona, and Arizona, you know, they're not having the greatest season in to light the world on fire, but they're better than I think anybody would have expected them to be. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. They just lost two of three in Colorado to think that if the Cardinals take their foot off the gas for a second, that that's possible. Again, here's some optimism. That being said, don't take your eye off the ball there if you're the Phillies. But they play the Rocky, they play the Diamondbacks in Arizona at the same time of that four-game series between the Phillies and the Mets. So there's going to be some weird half-game shenanigans that go on there. But the best outcome, again, to go back to that Mets series, if you can split that and the Cardinals take their foot off the gas for a second, then you gain a half a game. But if the Cardinals win that series and the Phillies don't split that series with the Mets, they lose a half a game. You know, just basic math. I know it's Captain Obvious stuff, but again, I'm just trying to frame this on the Phillies need to realize, and Rob Thompson's done a really good job of this throughout the season of, you know, having the boys rise to the occasion and hopefully can do that here. He has not been the manager for any Mets games, which is important to note because that's how long it's been since the Phillies and Mets have played each other. But still, we need to see how that series goes and what they look like. And really, again, just no one needs to take their foot off the gas pedal. So that's what the Cardinals are looking like. Again, the Brewers go to St. Louis this weekend. They're such an interesting team because their pitching has been great. Their bats have been good at times. They've been bad at other times. They've been on a very cold streak as of late, but are still a half game out of the division. They have a little bit of a harder schedule. Again, they go to St. Louis this week. They come back to Milwaukee. They have to host the Dodgers for four games. At the same time, the Phillies are playing the Cincinnati Reds. And then one day, or no, it's four games against the Reds, excuse me. The same time the Phillies are in Cincinnati, the Brewers are hosting the Dodgers. And if you're the Phillies, again, if you can sweep that series and you can do a good job, or excuse me, the four-game series against the I have my red series all fucked up. This, it's weird. A little side note. It's weird that Major League Baseball, so the current schedule that's going to change next year, but it might not for inter-division play. You play every team from the other divisions. So NL East teams play the NL Central and the NL West once at home and once away. A lot of times, Major League Baseball likes to do this of putting in the series with those teams in back-to-back weeks. It's weird. It's not weird for in-division opponents. That's normal. You play them six times, a total of 19 games. That's going to change. It's probably going to drop to maybe 15 to accommodate the fact that you're now playing every team in the American League at least once. But the Cincinnati Reds back-to-back. So, again, sorry for the screw-up. But so the Phillies play three games. The Padres play four next week. Or not the Padres. The Brewers play the Dodgers four times next week. So many teams throughout there. I I apologize. The Dodgers need to do some Dodger things and beat the absolute piss out of the Milwaukee Brewers. The Phillies could go in there and sweep. Granted, it was a three-game series, but there's no reason to think the Los Angeles Dodgers cannot go in there. 
and win th- three out of four. There's no reason to think they can't sweep them. I know their pitching's good in Milwaukee. I know their bats have been okay at times, have been great at other times, but you need that to go well. They then go to Chicago, the Brewers do. Then they go out to L.A. Again, weird that there's, at the same time the Phillies are playing the, the Reds at their, in back-to-back weeks, the Brewers have to play the Dodgers in back-to-back weeks, especially in a pennant race. It sucks for them. It's good for the Phillies because the Phillies are playing one of the worst teams in the National League at the same time. The Brewers are playing one of the best teams in the National League. But again, you can't take your foot off the gas pedal. And if you're the Brewers, you know that. They've had this before throughout this run with this core since trading for Christian Yelich of playing good baseball down the stretch. And I know it's the Dodgers. The Dodgers are an incredible team. They are very good. But they're not going to take their foot off the gas pedal. So if you're, again, if you're the Phillies, I'm going to beat this drum like a broken record. Two different phrases thrown in there. But you cannot, cannot slow up. You need to take advantage and see how this goes. Because if the Phillies, like, let's just go through this. If the Phillies get swept. The Cardinals win two, two of three. The Cardinals now have a better record than the Phillies. They are, they would be, actually, they'd be tied. They would have the same record there. The Brewers, though, are, now, are only a half a game out of, this, out of the Phillies. And the Padres are playing the Washington Nationals. They should, the Padres, sweep that series. There's no doubt in my mind they can, considering the Phillies beat the absolute piss out of them. Padres have a better lineup. They should beat the absolute piss out of the the Washington Nationals. They're not a good team. They're basically punting on the season, especially after trading Soto and, and Bell. But if the Padres don't sweep the Nationals, I would be thoroughly shocked. I'd be happy about it, but I'd be thoroughly shocked. So, that's kind of where we are right now. We're seeing things develop. And the Brewers have a harder schedule. The Phillies have a hard schedule. The Cardinals have kind of an easy schedule to start, but then ease up, and the Padres have an incredibly easy schedule. So the next time I talk to you, which will be at least in 10 days, it's August 12th, I will be home, and maybe I'll record a podcast on Sunday. So maybe maybe in nine days. Maybe on the 21st I'll record a podcast and you know, we can wallow in the tears of however the fuck this is all gone with the Phillies, or maybe we're celebrating. Maybe we're thinking this team can finally fucking do it. They can finally make the playoffs and get this done. And we're going to have a really good fucking barometer of it. They have these seven games against the Mets. They have three games against the Reds. We're going to have a really good idea, a really good measuring stick of where they are. And from there... We're off to the races of seeing it. They're done playing the Mets. They have to play the Braves a couple more times. But the Rob Thompson Phillies have done well against the Braves. They get some easy schedule, or they get some easy games in there. They got to play. They get to play the Nationals a couple times. We will see how the Phillies do throughout all of this. They got to play the, the Blue Jays at some point. They got to play the Braves in September. But I'm excited for the hunt of the hunt for Red October to finally. Be at least back on. It was supposed to be in 2018, the historical bad September. It's supposed to have been during the Bryce Harper era. Hopefully this Kyle Schwarber injury is not too terrible. Hopefully he returns at some point over the weekend against the Mets. Hopefully Bryce Harper's 
rehab gets better. I was struggling to say rehab for whatever reason. I know he's slowed down his throwing. There was a Jason Stark report saying that he might need to get Tommy John surgery, which hopefully that doesn't need to fucking happen. But if he has to be the DH and Castellanos play right field, it's not best. It's not optimal defensively. But they did it for a while, and they played good baseball at the start of the Rob Thompson era. So, I'm actually, I'm not going to try to do a prediction. I was going to try to. I never do with Philly teams. And there's a reason why I don't, because I either get my hopes up or I'm too pessimistic. I'm not going to do that. A quick look elsewhere in baseball. The Cleveland Guardians have taken over in the Central. They're playing really good ball right now. They're on a five-game winning streak. The Twins have slowed down a little bit, especially since loading up. I would expect that race. It's a game and a half right now. I'd expect that to be exciting. Kind of a go full circle here with the Astros and the Yankees. The Yankees swoon. The Yankees falling off, whatever you want to say. Again, I don't I don't buy it. They're going to be fine. They're going to make the playoffs. The Astros now have the best record in baseball, and they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. The Yankees are 2-8. and eight. The Yankees are going to be fine. Seattle, they're fucking doing it. It's great. They're in the wild card. Tampa, I would expect to maybe... You know, play a little better, but the Orioles aren't going away. And that's super exciting. It's exciting that even with trading Trey Mancini, these young guys are figuring it out. It's the old young quarterback who doesn't who doesn't know he's supposed to throw three picks, playing great. It's fun to see. It's exciting. And when we talk in, you know, nine or ten days or whatever it happens to be, hopefully we get some excitement to uh, really talk about on both sides here. I know I didn't really dive into a ton of players and how different guys are doing, even on the Phillies side of things. You know, Bryson Stott playing decent. Alec Bohm playing really great. He's having an incredible run in the second half so far. I mentioned Zach Wheeler pitching well. I mentioned Aaron Nola. Ranger Suarez had a couple really good starts. We'll see how Thor does. He's been okay to start so far. And Kyle Gibson has been Jekyll and Hyde. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what goes on out of there. The bullpen's been great. It's been better. But my pessimism with them is that can go at any time. (laughs) That's why I always still talk negatively about the Phillies' bullpen because it's still August. We need to see them play better. Or we need to see them continue to play this well down the stretch and see what they can do there. Um, But that's going to do it. I know this is a shorter episode. Well under an hour. That's got to be a record for me. But I did want to just touch base and give an update on the fills. I, you know, it's been over a week since the last episode. We were trying to figure it out with Greg. He's away for work. I have been busy trying to get ready to go away, so I didn't get a chance to really reach out to anybody else. So if you're, if anybody is listening to this and being like, "Why didn't you reach out to me?" Um, I'm sorry. It, you know, we had a couple different things going on. We ended up going to the Phillies game on Wednesday, so I lost a night there. Or lost a night. I went to the Phillies game. It was a fun night. And then last night, I ended up wanting to watch the Field of Dreams game instead of recording a podcast. So, figured this was good. I have the day off and, you know, was able to get this done. So, I appreciate you listening. Leave a comment either somewhere. I know I don't do show notes anymore because WordPress has been weird. Um, Maybe I can. Maybe I finally can start doing that again. But, you know, tweet at us, ThunderBLG. Leave a comment on the Instagram Whatever the case may be, let us know what you think. Let us know what you're excited about with the Phillies. I think they I think they can do it. I don't want to get my hopes too high up, but I fucking love this team. 
I love this team is so much fun. They all seem to really enjoy playing together and they have a lot of fun and it's it's exciting that the hunt for red October is back on and that we can maybe see for the first time in 11 years October baseball or playoff October baseball. But that'll do it. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you when I get back from Michigan. Have a great weekend. Have a great week. And let's go Phils, everybody.